More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us, powering through the Wednesday edition of the program. Encourage all of you out there, go subscribe to the podcast. You can search out my name, Clay Travis. You can search out Buck Sexton. You won't miss a moment uh, of the show. You can also, uh, if you're out there and you're saying, hey, you know what, Um, I'm super busy. I, I don't have time to listen to the commercial breaks. Well, if you become a VIP at clayandbuck.com, you can listen to a commercial-free version of the podcast as well. And also, there is now a uh, app out there that you can check out and listen to the show on as well. So there basically continue to be more and more opportunities and availability for all of you. You search basically Clay Travis Buck Sexton on any tech platform Uh, including YouTube, and you will find the show and you will be able to subscribe. And we see those numbers. In fact, we just got an email uh, about how many people are signing up for all the different social accounts. And we certainly appreciate all of you with how many people out there are following. It's about to hit 100,000 on Twitter, Facebook over 50,000, Instagram about to hit 30,000. So uh, Truth Social, we've got over 200,000 of you that are following out there. Rumble over 130,000. Basically, if there is a social platform, you can find us, and we hope that you will follow us and be able to consume uh, the show there. A couple of uh, details out there. We started off the show telling you that the FBI was searching Joe Biden's beach home in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Uh, reports are that they did not find any classified documents there. But of course, that search came three months, essentially, nearly three full months after they made the initial discovery of classified documents in the Penn Biden office. Uh, we've been talking about the DeSantis versus um Trump battle that continues to grow. A lot of you have been weighing in on that. And Buck, I don't know how much attention you've paid to this, but there's increasing a nervousness 
surrounding how incompetent Kamala Harris is, uh, the Washington Post had a massive feature piece in the last day or so, and it featured, as these pieces tend to do, a lot of anonymous sources, but these were not Republicans attacking Kamala Harris. This was Democrats effectively saying she's incompetent. There was a University of New Hampshire poll that came out recently, a 2024 presidential poll. Mayor Pete, believe it or not, was polling better than uh, Joe Biden. 23% Mayor Pete, 18% for Joe Biden. But Kamala Harris was at 2%. And, I mean, this is an indictment overall of her political skills. And I wanted to play this audio for you of Kamala Harris... It feels to me, Buck, like all of her speechwriters hate her because they put things into a teleprompter that not only are juvenile and sound a bit like a kindergarten teacher is talking to her classroom, but also just sound even worse the way that she delivers it. And so we've had so many of these awkward clips, but this just happened, I think, yesterday. Uh, Kamala Harris was talking uh, about astronauts and going to space because these are the kind of things they have events for her to discuss. This is what it sounded like. Enjoy. Which brings me to May 30th, 2020. Bob and Doug returned to the Kennedy Space Center. They suited up. They waved to their families. And they rode an elevator up nearly 20 stories. They strapped in to their seats and waited as the tanks beneath them filled with tens of thousands of gallons of fuel. And then they launched. Yeah, they did. <laughs> I mean, Buck, if this was your kindergarten teacher and she was like flipping through a storybook, you might be like, okay, I like her enthusiasm. I appreciate the way she's talking to the kids. This is the woman who's a heartbeat away from being the leader of the free world. It's terrifying. And again, I, I think you just have to look at the Democrat Party realities uh, as it stands internally for them. There is no way, if it's not Biden, it has to be Kamala. There's no way they allow for a, an open primary challenge and, and Kamala Harris gets pushed, gets pushed aside for Gavin Newsom. I'm sorry. For a white guy. The, the, the optics on that, no way. And so this is why it all comes full circle to it's got to be Biden again. And look, they didn't find any classified. We just gave you that breaking news. I mean, it's not the most exciting breaking news in the world, but it is breaking in the last hour. They didn't find more classified, you know, strewn about next to the Corvette or, or whatever else. But I, I do think that Kamala Harris has proven to be an even weaker and and less likable politician in the role than the Democrats anticipated. And remember, Democrats didn't vote for her, right? So the, yeah. there were, the oh, yeah. expectations were, were pretty low, I think, for how she would do in office. But they, you know, she has, she has the lowest profile, um, in terms of the vice president's job of, I mean, you have to go back many administrations. Yeah. And, and it's not only the low profile, it's that even with the low profile, she manages to appear incompetent every time she speaks. And one of the stories that is prevalent about Kamala Harris is she basically just doesn't do her homework. She's not someone who is a grinder. She's not trying to master details. And I think that's because, let's be honest, 
she has used the fact that she is a minority and a woman to play this identity politics hand adroitly. The problem that she has, and and, and I think it, I think it's really the essence of her. She is a what is she? Almost sixty now, right? Um, almost a sixty-year-old woman. She has no children of her own. She's married to a Jewish lawyer from L.A. who was in a big high-end law firm, and she doesn't really connect with that many people out there. And and I, I think you could use an interesting contrast with Trump, for instance, because, you know, Buck, when we interviewed Trump at Bedminster, and I talked about this on air, but I, but I do think it's, it's, it's really significant, and this was behind the scenes. While we were talking to him, Donald Trump Jr., really good guy, funny, active on social, came in with his family to say hi because they were having the live golf event during one of the commercial breaks, and Jr. had his kids, that is, Trump's grandchildren. And it was just so interesting to see Trump interacting as grandpa, right? One of his granddaughters was there, and they were talking about whether she wanted to go out and play golf with him. And in that moment, you strip away much of the larger character of Donald Trump, and he's just grandpa to that Hunter Biden. They're all pretty pretty good kids, right? Like yes. All of his kids have done well for themselves in terms of growing into adulthood, having their own kids, having their own life, look, staying they're, they're out they're of all, trouble. They're all pretty. They're all pretty exceptional. I mean, honestly, yes. let's be. Yeah. Let's just look at this. I mean, even apart from their last name, they're they're you know successful adults with with skills and, and brands of their own. And that's a credit to dad and mom and the the the, the culture that they helped to create in those kids. And what I mean by that is, if you think about Kamala Harris, for instance, running against Trump, I think Trump would utterly destroy her because she doesn't do her homework. She doesn't really, you know, this idea of the American dream, I don't think she really fulfills it. You know, Obama, I think a big part of Obama's appeal was he had uh, a kids, young kids in the White House with him. I think if DeSantis were the nominee, I think having those young kids would matter in a big way. Look, Kamala is just... Not talented one of the and one of the unassailable, you know, Obama, Obama presented a uh, a very solid family unit and family image, and it was it was it was very appealing. It is very and his appealing. His daughters you know, too seem to have done well, right? I mean, a credit to him, yeah. like they've graduated well, look, from it, school. It, it like, is I what mean, it is. We live we live in Realityville, and the Obama family unit was, a, a, you know, all the four of them together was an asset to him politically and and a credit to him as as a as a man um you know it's the narrative matters as you know i mean the narrative around the individual is a big part of this yes. and the kamala as president narrative you know look there are some aspects of it the democrats will play up and they'll really like but as it pertains to voters right the democrat machine will say oh it's amazing glass ceiling shattering and all this stuff right yeah, but getting the voters, we we ran the experiment. You saw the voters the last time around; they were not. I'm talking Democrat primary voters. Yeah, yeah, not enthusiastic about Kamala Harris. Well, and I think a big part of that g- going back is people like to see themselves reflected in the candidate in some way, dad or mom, however they fit, however they fit in the family dynamic. This is honestly, though, it drives you crazy. I think a big appeal of the royal family because people project their own family dynamics onto the royal family and they say oh this guy in our family is like prince harry and this but if you look at kamala harris she's indian and black 
and she's married to a white guy, and she has no children, okay? How much of the black experience does Kamala Harris connect with if you are in Georgia or you're in South Carolina or you are uh, growing up black in America today? You probably aren't, you know, half Indian. Your parents probably, I think her parents were, what, PhD students? You probably have kids yourself. Um, you probably aren't married to a, a, a white lawyer in L.A. who's making a million dollars a year. In other words, I think Kamala Harris rings very artificial to almost everyone across the political spectrum, black, white, Asian, Hispanic. That registers, and it's why I think to a big degree Democrats are so desperate to drag Joe Biden out again because she's awful. She, she can't win, and they know it, and they're trying to forestall that inevitable loss. Biden is the least bad option for them, and all they care about is winning and staying in power because it's really the machinery that governs, not Joe Biden, the individual. So they just need their team calling the shots, Team Democrat, right? So with that as the mentality, I think it's quite clear that Kamala Harris is is not going to be stepping. Now, would Kamala Harris step in during Biden term two? Yeah, I think I, that I that I actually can see very readily because, you know, first of all, his age. I mean, legitimately, Joe Biden is getting to an age now where it wouldn't be some scheme or plot. He may just be unable to do. the job. I think he can barely and, and I'm not really in front of us in two years when you're 80 is a lot different than two years when you're 50 or 60 or 70. Right. I mean, that's a massive jump. Yeah, no, it is. It is indeed. You know, there are thousands of people who are working to save the lives of unborn children every day. They work and volunteer at the pre-born pregnancy clinics nationwide. These locations are in cities where abortions occur most often, and they're purposely there to offer women an alternative. That is the gift of meeting their unborn child through righteous decision is made to give life to that baby. These same team members provide compassion, counseling, clothing, even diapers for the first two years of that baby's life. Through all this, Preborn has rescued over 200,000 babies, and every day, their clinic saved 150 babies' lives. This is where you come in. Preborn operates on donations from you, the pro-life community. One ultrasound costs just $28. Five ultrasounds? You can help with five ultrasounds for $140, and any amount will help, and these gifts are tax-deductible. 100% of your donation will go toward savings, uh, saving babies' lives. To donate securely, dial pound 250 from your cell phone and say the keyword baby. That's pound 250 baby. Or visit the website, go to preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. We are rolling through the third hour of the program. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Let's take a uh, couple of calls. We were just making uh, fun a little bit, but also continuing to ridicule Kamala Harris's inability to connect with anyone, even as she was talking about astronauts. Uh, And Mike in Connecticut... um, your theory is that she knows exactly who she's talking to. Absolutely, because look at this day and age with the Democrat Party. I mean, it's it's like talking to third and fourth graders. You can't use red pen on their test. They need a safe space in the corner if they get upset. I mean, you got to give them a cupcake or they're not happy. No SATs. So <laughs> this is the group she's talking to. I'm sure the teachers talk just like that to the kids in school. Otherwise, they'll get upset. I mean, they I, talk I to them at kindergartners. That, that's an interesting theory. Uh, thanks, Mike, for calling in. Uh, Larry, you got a theory in Ohio. We were talking about uh, about Biden and his uh, clear impairment in many ways. Even if you just compare Biden to a decade ago, he's not the same person. What's your theory? Uh, very correct, sir. Um, it's obvious there is mental incompetency. It's easy, or he needs to step down. All his uh, problems will go away as far as, you know, politics and breaking the law. And then the uh, hair, hair apparent will be the vice president. Very likely will lose if they run her as the incumbent. And then they can play the victim card. And it doesn't matter if the vice president's not the incumbent. It could be, say, Booker. And then that's not, you know, bad, worse, uh, whatever. But so, therefore, they have that card to, I don't know. Yeah, thanks for the call. Look, I think the challenge here, 
that Democrats have to acknowledge, and I think implicitly they are acknowledging it, Buck, by putting Joe Biden forward as their nominee in theory in 2024, is that it's very hard to explain how the sitting vice president, who is a black woman, is not your nominee in the next election cycle where there is no incumbent in an age when all that matters in the Democrat Party is identity politics. And if they're going to jump over a black woman, which, to be fair, is the most reliable group of Democrat voters anywhere in the country, it, by its very nature, would be racist and sexist for them to do so. She's so bad. They want to give her the opportunity, but she's so bad they don't feel like they can do it. And that's why it all leads back to the Democrats perhaps made uh, something of a, you know, it was a Pyrrhic victory. You like that ancient Greek stuff. Oh, yeah, very well said. Pyrrhic Pyrrhic victory uh, back when they were able to get Biden through it in 2020, because I think they're setting themselves up for a tremendously difficult 2024 election, even with, and let's be honest here about this, you know, the chances of the economy being pretty okay by the time the election rolls around, I think they're, I think, you know, you'll be in a recovery period. I don't know. I don't think people are going to feel that bleak about the economy, which factors into all this stuff a lot. And, you know, you might have otherwise, if you had a competent Democrat with any kind of a real story, you might be in a better spot, but they're stuck with Joe Biden. I just think they're stuck with him. I don't see how they get rid of him. But then again, I didn't think they would be crazy enough to run Biden in the first place. So anything can happen. James Clyburn made the decision, and everybody else just got in line, Buck. My friends, Mike Lindell and his team at MyPillow have a great deal continuing into February on their most comfortable sheets, the Giza Dream Sheets. Ultra soft, well-made, absolutely comfortable sheets starting at under $30 a set. And you've heard us talking about these because I sleep on them, Clay sleeps on them, the best sheets you're ever going to have. They come from Giza, a region of Egypt. I'd like to educate as well on this show. The cotton is super soft and makes for fantastic, breathable cotton. The MyPillow team are confident you're going to love these sheets because I love them, Clay loves them, millions of people love them. Every MyPillow product comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. So get some Giza Dream Sheets today and pick up some other products too. Go to MyPillow.com, click on Radio Listener Specials, and there's this flash sale on the Giza Dream Sheets right now. Use our names as the promo code Clay and Buck when you're online, or if it's easier, just give them a call. 800-792-3269, 800-792-3269. Get some Giza Dream sheets. They wanted to take your gas stove a couple weeks ago, then they pretended they didn't, but they also now in this Biden administration want to continue to be hostile to the domestic production of American energy, gas, oil, you name it. We've got Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska with us now. Wants to update us on what's going on on the uh, energy front. Senator Sullivan, thanks for calling in. Hey, Travis and Buck. Great to be back on the program. Appreciate you, sir. So what's going on with the Obama, I'm sorry, the Biden, pardon me. We're just talking about Obama a few minutes ago. The Biden administration right now with regard to American energy. Well, look, as you guys know, it's in many ways more of the same but um uh we we um we had a potential and i say potential softening of the craziness that's been happening um for 2 years and you guys know what this is i mean look there's a lot of horrible things strategically that they are doing across so many sectors uh in terms of hurting america but i believe 
the worst damaging policy of the Biden administration has been their energy policy. And you guys know it, Clay and Buck, you guys have been talking a lot about this over the course of the last two years, but we know what it is. Day one, they've been shutting down the production of American energy and slow rolling it. They've been stopping energy infrastructure, Keystone XL on day one, but so many other things. They've been going to Wall Street and American financial institutions, pressuring them, believe it or not, not to invest in American energy. And then when the uh, predictable results of those policies happens, which is higher energy costs, gas costs for American working families, these guys then literally go over on bended knee to Saudi Arabia, to Venezuela. Heck, they were even playing footsie with Iran, the biggest terrorist state in the world, to get them to produce more energy. So um, what I've been trying to do the last two years is using every element of my power in the Senate to get them to do a course correction. you got to produce American energy here. We have the highest standards on the environment in the world. We have the best workers in the world. And when we produce American energy here, it helps our economy, helps our national security. And yes, Clay and Buck, it helps um, our environment. So today we had an announcement from the BLM, Bureau of Land Management, that said they are going to they're looking at moving forward on a project in Alaska we call the Willow Project. Now, this is in the National Petroleum Reserve of Alaska, which we set aside Congress 70 years ago for oil and gas exploration. Shouldn't be controversial. It will be about 200,000 barrels a day at peak production. Could America use that? Yes, we can. With the highest environmental standards of any major energy project in the world. So, we got 30 more days until what's the record of decision is issued. And we know that within the administration, all the radical environmental groups in America are coming out against this. Some of the allies of these radical groups in the Biden administration are still trying to kill it. But we need Americans, and I would love it if all your listeners, I know you guys got millions, would be a call to action to the Bureau of Land Management, BLM.com, in the next 30 days saying, hey, we support the Willow Project. What's good in terms of energy in Alaska is um, good for um, our country. Sorry, it's BLM.gov. So that's the latest and greatest. Guys, there might be a crack in this insane policy to shut down American energy in Alaska in particular and go beg uh, Venezuela and the Saudis for oil. Um, but we'll see. It's going to be the battle royale in the next 30 days. And uh, we need every American weighing in to try and help our country regain American energy security. That website is blm.gov. Senator, I appreciate BLM. you joining us. Sorry about that. blm.gov. Yeah. I don't I don't want to send you blm.com. That might be something different. Uh, yeah, no doubt. That's a good joke in there in the <laughs> yeah. White Lotus right. Season 1 for anybody out yeah, there who right. watched uh, White Lotus Season 1. Um, Senator, a lot of questions we get. we got a, a big audience in Alaska. Ranked uh, choice no. voting is a mess. Uh, and it feels like a lot of people, Republicans, Democrats, Independents, 
felt like they were sold a bill of goods based on the way it was applied in the midterms. What can you tell us about that ranked choice voting, whether there might be a movement to end the way that ranked choice voting? Certainly it cost Republicans a House uh, seat, maybe have changed the outcome of who would have won the Senate. What do you think about ranked choice, and is it possible to go back to quote-unquote normal voting in Alaska? Well, the background of this, and, and you guys know it, um, in my view, was very troubling because you had an outside group come in in 2020. They put this ballot on a statewide ballot. They put, a, I don't know, eight or nine million bucks in advertising behind it. The Republican Party, I was certainly opposed to it in 2020. We tried to fight it. We didn't have the resources to fight it. It was 28 pages, right, as a, as a ballot initiative. Nobody knew anything about it. The legislature didn't hold any hearings about it. It was just big outside lower 48 money that um, got this on the ballot. And it passed in 2020 with less than 1% of the vote. I mean, that's not democracy. Nobody even knew what they were voting on. Very confusing. And I will tell you, the first run of it, in my view, talking to Alaskans, I'll give you an example. You know, we have a really great uh, Alaska State Fair, and it's wonderful. If any of your listeners haven't been to Alaska, I know all your listeners who do uh, or are from Alaska, our, our State Fair is awesome. I have a booth there. You know, I work the booth. It's a great opportunity to meet with and hear from Alaskans. I was working my booth at the state fair right after the first use of the ranked choice voting in August of last year. I would say, honest to gosh, guys, uh, 95% of the Alaskans who were talking about to me were said completely confusing. I had no idea how it worked. I mean, unanimously, at least in that kind of unofficial poll talking to dozens of Alaskans about ranked choice voting, utter confusion. So um, I'm hoping the way it works in our legislature, once a ballot initiative has been on the books for two years, it doesn't need to be amended by another ballot initiative. It can actually be amended by uh, the state legislature. So we're in that window now. At a minimum, I'm hopeful that our state legislature holds hearings and, um, and, you know, tries to get to the bottom of what people really thought about it. Because, like I said, it got put on the ballot without any background, without any knowledge. And the initial run, I think, caused way more confusion than the, you know, original system that exists in most states. No doubt. Senator Dan Sullivan of Alaska. BLM.gov is the website if you want more freedom for the people of alaska we appreciate your time and uh look forward to talking to you again tell them you support the willow project Two hundred thousand barrels a day 2500 jobs for americans you know enhancing our energy independence and national security this is a no-brainer don't let the radical environmental left crush alaska and american energy independence no doubt appreciate that uh i want to tell you right now if your goal is to do business with companies that share your values, make the switch to Pure Talk for your cell phone service today. Pure Talk, they're the antidote to woke wireless. Proudly veteran-owned, proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. Behind all that, they've got great service, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get fast data, talk, and text, just 30 bucks a month, probably 
half of what you're paying to Verizon, AT&T, or T-Mobile. You can keep your phone, keep your same phone number, switch over in as little as 10 minutes plus. Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it. If you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company out there that'll support you. Dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. You'll save an additional 50% off your first month. Again, dial pound 250, say Clay and Buck. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless i'm jack armstrong he's joe getty we're the armstrong and getty show we cover the stories the mainstream media ignores stories that are important to your life and important to the world the election of course the many trials of donald trump couple of wars gender bending madness why are kids looking at so much social media and we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on but we do it without the left-wing media spin listen to armstrong and getty on demand on america's number one podcast network iheart open your free iheart app and search the armstrong and getty show to start listening more than a movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies i'm your host alex fumero and each week i'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies from the godfather andy garcia he has the smarts of Vito, the temper of sunny the warmth of fredo and the coldness of michael to the og spy kid alexa penavega you had carlo gugino who's the coolest mom ever you had antonio who's handsome amazing charismatic and then carvin and juni i felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me to the legend behind la bamba lou diamond phillips when i walked in i didn't think i had a shot at richie because john stamos's picture was already up on the wall Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? It look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Geek out with the guys on the Sunday Hang with Clay and Buck podcast. A new episode every Sunday. Find it on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Closing up shop today on Clay and Buck. And, you know, Clay, I, I have to I have to point something out here. Um, you know, I'm getting married in a few days, and so I'm running short on time. And I, I have a bone to pick with you because you had told me that Yellowstone was a very good show. I was a little skeptical. And now not only am I, am I caught up to season five of Yellowstone recently, I've started to kind of just rip through it. I'm also watching 1923 or 20, I don't even remember what it is, but the one with Harrison Ford, which yeah. is also very good. And 1883, which is also very, this guy, um, you know, Taylor who, Sheridan, Taylor Sheridan, this guy has built an empire 
just by executing in different eras a similar concept, and it's all very watchable. So you're eating up a lot of the time that I'm supposed to be looking at floral arrangements. I'm just saying. I blame you. I'm impressed on, uh, first of all, those shows are good. Um, and, uh, and I'd encourage people out there who are, you know, kind of fed up with woke pro game programming that I think you'll probably like it. You are getting married on Saturday, right? Yeah. You are doing the show on Friday and Monday, which is impressive. And you leave for your honeymoon when? Next week, late, late next week, the following week. Yeah. So, uh, so how much time has gone into wedding planning versus honeymoon planning? You know, we, we look, Carrie and I have a very straightforward approach to this. Uh, we decided. You're not having a massive hundreds of person wedding. Just family, immediate yeah. family, really. Uh, and, and, a, and a couple of, uh, she's having effectively a couple of maids of honor. And I, I'm just bringing my immediate family and we're keeping so there will really be what, small. like 20 people there. Uh, yeah, we'll be just shy of 30. Yeah, that's good. Something like that. My my advice to people out there, and I would say this to my own sons, uh, and Mike Leach, uh, rest in peace, former coach of Mississippi State, Texas Tech, Washington State, has said this publicly before. Eloping's not a bad move. When you have gone through what a wedding costs, when you uh, start to consider all the different moving parts associated with it, small wedding, which you're doing, I think is a good move, or eloping is not a bad move. I got married 19 years ago, almost, Laura handled everything because I was taking the bar exam. I got married like a week after I took the bar exam. And I knew nothing other than, hey, you're supposed to stand here and walk down. Now, I will say this. I said it on the show the other day. I got the worst haircut known to man that my wife is still angry about. So I would the one bit of advice I would give to men out there, don't make any aggressive decisions when it comes to personal grooming that substantially might alter the way you look I, I told Kara, i said you know maybe i'll just shave my beard before the wedding hard pass she she threw the veto on that one yellow flag on the field pass interference unacceptable beard stays so i said okay beard stays so that was we we averted disaster on on that one i would say and uh you know for, for me i just I, i'm i you know I, I used to be a person i feel like back in my my 20s i threw a fair amount of parties and what you realize is, I think it's really hard to enjoy things when you're responsible for the enjoyment of so many others. And that was part of what led us to the path of just just immediate family. It's going to be really, really simple and, and straightforward. I have seen, I mean, I, I was at a wedding where a bride had a full-on like Meltdown. panic attack. Not because of a problem with the groomer, but because it was like the hottest day on record. It was a July wedding. It was mostly outside. It was a hundred plus degrees. It was a black tie wedding and people were basically passing out. And she's like, what do I do? You know, it's like, I don't need that. You know, I, yeah. I don't want that. I think if you went back and I know if Laura called in right now, my wife, she would say everything about the wedding was great, except Clay got the worst haircut that he has ever had in the entirety of our life. Wait, wait, Clay, hold on. There need, Photos or it didn't happen, my friend. Clayandbuck.com. Yeah, we you need can some. Reach, you can reach out. We'll put some up on Clayandbuck.com if my wife will permit it. But it was, I've I've had a I've had bad bowl cut haircuts before. This was a it's a really bad haircut. I probably should have gone back in and uh yeah. and gotten it redone. I, I I don't know if my little brother is listening to the show today, but this reminds me. Um, and I I, I you know how there are like memories when you're a kid. I remember hearing the shriek from my mother still the shriek of like 
of just sheer panic when I, I must have been, he must have been four. And so I would have been, you know, maybe nine or 10 years old. And I remember thinking, Oh no, something terrible has happened to my little brother. And, and I, I kind of go running in. And of course my mom had shrieked because he had little Crayola safety scissors, not, you know, scissors that yeah. you can't really cut yourself with, but he had managed to give himself a haircut that was like, like a square going up to sort of the middle of his scalp. I mean, he almost looked like a, like a ninth century monk or something. I mean, it was, he cut his hair all the way back on his head with these Crayola scissors. And he still gets mad when I bring this up because in the photos for about six months afterwards, he, you know, he looked like, uh, he looked like he had been through some stuff. Little four year, my little four year old brother at the time. Cause what do you do? You're not going to put a toupee on him. My kids were around. Uh, my youngest was about four years old. It reminds me of this this hair situation. We were getting off the airplane. We were waiting to get our bags, and my seven year old put his gum in my four year old's hair. And you know, my four year old still has. I mean, my middle son still has super long hair. But I just remember how. Like, why would you ever think to do that? Why you know? It's one thing to get your own gum in your own hair. He put his gum in his brother's hair. We were trying to get the uh, trying to get the bags off the conveyor belt. We were traveling, and I just remember thinking, "This is utterly ridiculous." Like, how do you end up in this situation? Um, but uh, but you know, parenthood, you got something to look forward to soon after uh, you maybe uh, get married on Saturday. Yeah, but will, you're going to be here Friday and Monday. Yeah, yeah, of course. I want to, you know, the, the audience is part of the fam. They got to hear about how the whole ceremony went. So I'll tell you guys about it, all that. Um, but I, I do remember also during the pandemic, it's true, you know, true story. I got scissors sent because you couldn't get a haircut. And I started to look well, you like you were in New York, which is just crazy. Right. No, you couldn't do anything. For how long could you not get a haircut in New York City? I mean, like I think I went four, four or five months with no haircuts allowed of any kind, you know? And I remember everyone was also terrified, so it's not even like you could get your friend who cuts hair because everyone's like, oh, COVID, they're all freaked yeah. out. So I cut my own hair, and I, I can tell you, it. you think you're good at it when you're doing it, and then it grows a little more you know, in time, and you realize, no, I was not good at cutting I, my I would own never hair. think I was good at it. Now, I would. I remember the Floby back in the day that they would sell where you could cut your hair. I probably would have. Uh, they they didn't. Uh, haircut places open back up soon in uh, the free state of Tennessee uh, and also Florida, where I was. But I would have just gone straight buzz, probably if uh, if I had had to cut my hair because I otherwise wouldn't have yeah. been able to do it. I I think that going buzz cut is very uh, very ergon- ergonomic and yeah. uh, aerodynamic. But people would see the shockingly large size of my cranium, <laughs> and and I would scare small children, look like a space alien. So well, I don't think I could do it. Also, when you get to be our age, there's always that fear when you, you like cut your hair back. Is it going to come back? Is, is it all going to come back in like normal? Yeah. There's, I mean, you get into your 40s, a lot of guys out there nodding their heads along. You, you, you might have had hair for a long time. You go get that buzz. Next thing you know, it doesn't come back in like it did before. Our buddy Jesse Kelly taking a shot at him here. Can look at him. No way he can go with a buzz cut. <laughs> More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. 
Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast.